just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. It's farmer's market season, and the downtown market is bustling on a Saturday morning. But when did buying produce direct from farmers become such an elite pursuit? This is part three of our summer entertainment guide. And from the best farmer's markets in the valley to grocery etiquette and affordability, we are covering a lot today. So get your tote bag. It's Wednesday, June 21st. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Chandler Rosenberg, director of the Utah Farmers Market Network. Let's get right into it. What are some of the best farmers markets on the Wasatch Front? Ali, that's a tough question. There's a lot of great ones. I oh, will come say, on. I have, <laughs> I have to say, Salt Lake is the downtown Salt Lake City market is one of the best, one of the biggest markets in the country. A lot of states have more markets spread out. We just kind of have, you know, this one huge market. Mm -hmm. So it's really, really big, even compared to states that have more farms than we do. So I love Salt Lake. Uh, I also love the Wheeler Market on Sundays. I love a Sunday market. You can also walk through the park. But we've got markets every day of the week in the Salt Lake Valley. So the Murray Markets on Fridays and Saturdays, they only have produce if you're not interested in the... Uh, the dog goods, the crafts, things like that. If you just want your, your fruits mm. and vegetables, the Murray Market's a great one. That Murray one is the one run by the Farm Bureau, right? Correct. Yes. So yeah, it's nuts and bolts. Yep. So they the Farm Bureau runs the Murray Market and then the South Jordan Market. Um, we've got the Bountiful Market on Thursdays. West Valley's got a market on Thursdays. So it really just depends on the day of the week, the neighborhood you're in, and I guess what you're looking for. But we've got a directory of all of the farmers markets on our Utah Farmers Market Network website. I like that Ninth West Market in South Jordan too, because it's also a Sunday market and I'm always looking for things to do on a Sunday. The downtown farmers market is popping. Saturday mornings are really precious to me. Yeah. I feel like I often plan to go and don't make it because I find something else exciting to do. Totally. Yeah. I'm kind of the opposite where like my Saturday mornings revolve around the downtown farmer's market. So sometimes I'll go <laughs> do my shopping, go do my other errands and then like come back for lunch. <laughs> yeah. Also honorable mention to the New Roots yes, market, yes. which has a lot of culturally relevant foods and like more diverse vendors. They haven't kicked off yet, but they'll get started soon here. Yeah, the New New Roots has two markets, the Sunnyvale Market and the Redwood Market, both great. They have produce that you can't get at any of the other markets, so for sure check those out. Well, part of the reason that your Saturday does revolve around farmers markets is that you lead the state's farmers market network, which exists because the state could be doing more to support farmers markets in Utah and in the Valley. What are some of the biggest challenges facing Utah farmers markets right now? Yeah, so the number one challenge for farmers markets in the state and just for the food system as a whole is just that we don't have enough farmers. So farmers mm. market managers, 
are asking how they can attract more farmers to their markets. I'm also talking to farmers who used to sell at markets and for whatever reason um, are finding that either going direct to consumer or selling to restaurants just works out better for them. Um, it's a big endeavor as vendors, as farmers to come to the market. A lot of these farmers are driving from outside of the valley. You know, they set up their tents, um, they've got their produce out all day. And so whatever doesn't sell often usually can't be sold anywhere else. Hmm. So it's a lot and it doesn't work for everybody. So markets are yeah, struggling to get enough farmers. And I think just as a state, we don't have enough farms. So that's challenge number one. And I think the most important thing. It's interesting to hear you say that because it feels like in Salt Lake, we're having a lot of conversations about water and farming is often, and agriculture is often at the center of those conversations. I'm surprised to hear you say we don't have enough farmers in Utah. So this is my whole thing, like my life's mission. We've got like 80%, <laughs> yes, we hear so much about agriculture taking up all of our water. People think, oh, we've got too much agriculture. Let's get rid of agriculture. But really, most of that water is not going to food or products that stay in Utah. So I, th I think what needs to happen is we've got to shift whatever agriculture we do have and even increase it to ensure that what we're growing is A, food that people can eat and B, food that stays here in Utah. What are some of the other challenges facing farmers markets? I have to wonder about the business side of things because they seem very horizontally integrated. Like I feel like often I go to a farmers market and I'm like, who's in charge? Absolutely. Yeah. Market management is a whole a whole thing. It's not easy. Oftentimes people, when they take on market management, whether they've inherited the market, um, whether they work for a city that runs a city-run market, or they just you know, get an idea that they want to start a farmer's market as a business, don't know what they're taking on. That's kind of why we exist with the Farmer's Market Network is to support these market managers through the process. We see a lot of turnover with new and mm -hmm. beginning markets just because they start the market. They don't realize what an endeavor it is and they realize it's it's unsustainable for them. So uh, with the Farmer's Market Network, we're really trying to provide these market managers with a support system where they can network, ask each other questions. Uh, we try to provide central resources. So these are all the things you need to know from a tax perspective. These are all the regulations you'll need to follow. These are the insurance requirements. And we're actually working on a handbook this year that'll be done by the end of this season um, for market managers, just so anyone who wants to start a market or anyone who's running a market just has all of the things they need to know in one place. Hmm. It's also challenging farmers markets. We can get into the accessibility a little bit, but a lot of markets have um, food access programs. So like SNAP, Double Up, um, and these things are often complicated, so we try to make that as easy as possible as well, especially through our handbook, just like a how-to guide on how to run SNAP at your market. I mean, I'm glad you brought up affordability because I think there is a bit of a, I don't want to say a stigma, but I do think that like the farmer's market is sort of an insignia for like urban elites. Like, totally. There's kind of this disconnect between like hands in the ground farming and like the actual farmer's market as like a cultural entity in our community. And I think a lot of people worry that if they transition to doing all of their shopping, say at the Saturday morning market downtown, that they wouldn't be able to afford to do that. What's being done to address the affordability gap? Yeah, so like I mentioned, a lot of markets in the state take SNAP. Um, so you can use your EBT cards at the market. You can also, we've got a fantastic program called Double Up Food Bucks. So however much you want to spend with your SNAP dollars, the farmer's market will double that up to $30. So you get these double up tokens that you can use. Um, there are also a couple of new programs. So not every market is doing them. 
Um, they're just rolling out this year, but there's a produce prescription program. So folks, you have to get a voucher through your healthcare provider, and I'm not sure how many are participating, but you can get $20 vouchers to either be used at Rancho Market or participating farmers markets. And then there's a senior market nutrition incentive program where qualified seniors can get up to $50 to use at markets around the state. How many of the state's farmers markets would you say are accepting SNAP, which is the, we should say, is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. It's basically federally subsidized food benefits for low-income families. Are all the markets accepting SNAP? Not all. I wish I had a number for you, but I would say half to most. Huh. Okay. That double-up program is cool where you can, your money goes twice, your SNAP benefits go twice as far. It's awesome. And you don't have to use those tokens that day. So you can save them up, you know, till the end of the season and get a whole case of peaches or berries and do some canning Mm. or something like that. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at slclivingtrad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. What's missing? I mean, like, I feel like you're investigating this problem through this work. Like, what do you think could be done to kind of bridge the cultural gap around the farmer's market or eliminate some of the, like, stigma? It's tough. I mean, I think part of the reason that the stigma exists is because our farmers markets are more and more not a place where farmers are going. So a lot of Mm. markets, it's kind of like you go and you get your latte, you hit the food truck, you get some crafts, which is all great. Like it's fantastic to have a space for these local vendors, support local economies. But I think, I mean, I think we need 
I don't know if it's more markets or permanent market infrastructure. I know the Downtown Alliance and the Downtown Farmers Market has been exploring a year-round public market where folks can go and get your um, your fruits and vegetables every day. I think we need something like that. Um, we are missing in Utah this this market infrastructure, which would also support the farmers growing alfalfa or you know crops that they're exporting using too much water to switch what they're growing and channel instead products into local markets. But we're just missing that market infrastructure. Because of that, we are seeing farmers markets. There is this cultural this cultural gap. Well, kind of adjacent to that, I mean, there's been this push for the Wasatch Cooperative Market, which would be a food co-op. They finally secured a location. They're taking over the Southeast Asian Market site on 900 South. Like, can that sort of play that role of being a daily farmer's market-esque place to get fruits and veggies? What's the difference between a co-op and a farmer's market? Yeah, so a co-op is definitely this market infrastructure that we're missing. You know, it'll be open every day, like a traditional grocery store. You join as a member to be able to shop there. Although, I mean, every co-op has a different model. I think the Wasatch Co-op will allow anyone to shop there, but as a member, you get certain deals, things like that. So it's an important piece. I think we just need to figure out how we're going to get locally grown goods to the Wasatch Co-op. There's another fantastic concept um, in Salt Lake Marcellus Foods, which is looking to source foods grown locally or regionally. Um and they're looking for a storefront right now. But really, just what we've found is we don't have enough farmers growing enough food to supply a grocery store. So I think hmm. this market piece is so important. We've got to keep these markets alive. But at the same time, we need to really be figuring out how we can ensure continued access to farmland, ensure that farmers have support that they need, especially new BIPOC farmers, you know, folks who want to get into farming. Gotta, we've got to figure out how to support the farmers so that we can have these farmers markets in the future. Yeah. Okay. Well, before I let you go, something that we are generally obsessed with here at CityCast is like guides and ground rules. Yes. (laughs) And so I would like to ask you to lay out a couple ground rules for the farmer's market. Like what are the etiquettes? And the big one for me is, do you haggle? Is it rude to haggle at the farmer's market? This may depend on who you ask. I would say absolutely do not haggle. I think that the goods that farmers are selling are priced pretty fairly. You know, when you talk to the farmer, like get to know your farmer, ask questions about their farm and what they're growing. And they're really friendly. They'll tell you all you need to know. Um, And oftentimes when you buy in bulk, you know, they may cut you a deal. And so if that happens, great. But I would say for the most part, like these farmers are working really hard and giving you as good of a price as they can. And so typically I would say do not haggle. Okay. I'll respect that that boundary. What else? If you're like a produce, you know, you really want your good fruits and vegetables, I would say go early. A lot of people even show Mm. up to the downtown farmer's market, especially like an hour before it starts and they just in out, you know, you get your freshest stuff. I think this is important for market shoppers and just for everyone. Know what's in season. Try to become a little bit more conscious of like what's available rather than coming, you know, approaching the farmer and being like, why don't you have this? You know, mm-hmm. try to figure out what yeah. grows when. And then if you have a dog, if you're going to a farmer's market that allows dogs, I would just say like be oh, yeah. conscious of what your dog is truly like. I mean, some of the dogs are great, but if you've got a dog that's like not great on a leash or maybe gets anxious in public, like does he really even want to be at the market? It's pretty hot, you know, like are you there to show off your dog? You know, consider why you're bringing your dog. Yeah, 
I've seen some dogs get wrapped around like banquet table legs it's, and I'm like, it's this dog might be about to take this whole stand down. And I feel like this dog should probably just be at home. Yeah. If you've got a, if you've got an anxious dog, maybe leave him at home. Okay. I'm a fruit squeezer. Should I be restraining myself more at the farmer's market from like touching every peach to pick the right peach? I always wonder this. <laughs> I was like, what does she mean by fruit squeezer? <laughs> uh... I do the same thing. So maybe just like depending on the vendor. I think with fruit, though, you know, you want to get you want to know what you're getting. So I think it's fair to touch it. Yeah. Hey, do you have any tips for people who want to figure out what how to tell if a fruit is good in the summer? Like because I know my favorite trick is the pineapple, right? You pull the very top little green leaf bit out of the pineapple. And if it comes out easily, then it's ripe. Do you have any fruit tricks? Oh, I haven't heard that one. Okay, I've got a watermelon trick. I used to actually sell fruit at the farmer's market. So okay, um, what's the watermelon, the watermelon trick? trick? You want heavy because it means it's juicy. Um, so you pick mm. it up, you feel that it's heavy, and then you put it next to your ear. You've probably seen people tap, tap, tap. You want to hear like a high-pitched hollow noise. So the higher pitch, the better. And you also want to okay. look for it's like markings from the bees. They're like brown lines. Um, which just means mm. it's juicy and the bees wanted to get involved. So, yeah. Okay. That is a great tip. Chandler Rosenberg, founder of the Utah Food Coalition and director of the Utah Farmers Market Network. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Always so great to chat with you. Thanks so much, Ali. If you want a comprehensive list of farmers markets across the entire state of Utah, look no further than utahfarmersmarketnetwork.org. It's a fantastic resource for year-round veggie scouring. And I gotta say it, this is a stressful time for Utah farmers, as you can imagine. Which is why the Utah Department of Agriculture and Food has launched a voucher program to support their mental health. According to the department, suicide rates among farmers and ranchers is nearly double that of the general population. It's been heightened by the past years of drought. In short, farming is increasingly stressful. The margins are ever-narrowing, and very little of what we spend at grocery stores makes its way to farmers themselves. So the Utah Department of Agriculture is offering $2,000 vouchers to farmers, ranchers, and their family members to seek mental health services. So if you or someone you know might be eligible, I linked the application in the show notes. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.